Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, Julia Cunningham. She is a pop culture expert. She is the host of Entertainment Weekly's radio show, uh, LA Daily on Sirius XM. I highly recommend it if you're a pop culture freak like me. So this woman, her job is to watch TV all day, every day. A dream job, right? So we're going to dig deep into reality TV from a pop culture perspective this time. We have a lot of fun dissecting why The Bachelor is the best reality show of all time. Well, at least according to Julia. And she's also a true crime junkie and loves Bravo. And she will explain to you what a shape shifter is. So enjoy. Welcome, Julia Cunningham. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of buildup. I know. <laughs> my fault. We've, like, scheduled and canceled, and by we, I mean me, a million times. You're like, I'm literally just sitting around doing nothing all day, so I, it's like I'm more than happy to roll with the punches. You're the queen of flexibility. Yeah, I, I, it's because I'm doing nothing all well, day. Well, that's good. Well, you have to watch TV. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting at home watching TV. So. That's your job. It is, yeah. You get paid for that. Yeah. So you, um, I always say how I met the guest, and I just met you as you flew in the door. I listen to you often. <laughs> I, know, I and, love it. And now, and I think I told you, I don't like looking up pe- people who I hear in an audio audio way. I don't sure. like to know what they look like because it just ruins my image of how I perceive them in my head. So I didn't even know what you looked like till you walked. Oh, in. really? So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I yeah, I think I'm somewhat the same way. I always thought of um, um, Delilah, you know, like the yeah, you know, the like Colin, the adult contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. I always imagined that she was like super morbidly obese with, like, red-rimmed glasses for some reason. She's, like, the exact opposite of that. She's, like, a hot mama, Yeah, right? she's, like, a hot mom. Yeah. I remember—did you write that piece on her? I did not, no, but I was, like, obsessed with it. Well, I remembered—the reason I remember is because I obviously wanted to do a show with her. Once I saw that, I was like, oh, she'd be the best reality show. Yeah, she has, like, a hundred llamas and, like, a bunch of other stuff in her home. She, like, rescues animals and— I'm surprised why—maybe she just likes radio because she's never really done any TV that I can tell. Not that I know of. Crazy. She's making that Delilah money. She doesn't have to. <laughs> right. Exactly. I want the Delilah money. I know Delilah money. <laughs> we got to make you the Julia money. I know. Seriously. Right? So you, okay, so let's, you are, you host um, a daily show called mm-hmm. L.A. Daily. Yeah, but it's called <laughs> L.A. Daily. The aptly named. Creative but, title. But I want to say that you guys used to host another show called News and Notes. Yes. From New York. Yeah. So on um it's all under Entertainment Weekly Radio. It's a channel on Sirius branded by yeah. the magazine. And uh my show for whatever reason has gone through the most changes. I like to think I'm not the monster in this situation because I have less of it. Maybe I am. I don't know. No, you're the cockroach. Uh, I'm the cockroach that, <laughs> so, like, won't die. And it started out with a woman named Faith Saley, who mm-hmm. um, you might know from CBS Sunday Morning. Um, she has a show on PBS now called Science at the Movies. Um, and she began the show as sort of, like, the lead host, and I was sort of the second mic. I was sort of, like, the sidekick. Um, but Faith had a real, like, TV career, and so she was never there and so I basically all about Eve her, and I just sort of like took over the show uh, on her own volition. You know, she she was too busy. She was right, never around. Yeah, right. I shoved her down a flight of stairs. <laughs> no, she I learned so much from her. She was an incredible mentor to me. Um, but she also um, was pregnant with her second kid and she was doing TV all the time. And she just was like, I can't keep up with the daily schedule and left. And so then I sort of took over News and Notes, and I had this amazing co-host, Mario Correa, who right. um, really introduced me to theater, and he's an amazing playwright, and, and that's it. His career started taking off as well, and he's writing a ton and doing his own thing. And so um, I moved to Los Angeles for Sirius, 
And once that happened and it was sort of um, clear that Mario wasn't going to continue with the show, they decided let's completely rebrand it as a Los Angeles-based show. So one of their writers, his name is Kyle Anderson, um, actually moved out to L.A. to start the show with me as a completely pop culture Los Angeles-based show. I love the fact that, and I think I remember when you guys started here, it was like this whole new, brave new world. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's a big deal. I moved myself um, last December. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So I think around the same time. Probably around, yeah. I was, I've been here for a year and a half now, so okay, I actually so you, moved for April 1st. Okay. Um, but the show started January. Okay, maybe that's why yeah. I thought it was around yeah. the same time. Yeah, so, so we're you, roughly f- yeah. fresh. It's a big deal to move. Yeah. Are you a New Yorker? I was. So I grew up in Indiana, but okay. I lived in New York for the last eight years. And I moved to Los Angeles slightly blindly. Like I'd only <laughs> right. been here. It's the best way. Yeah, you have to. I think you just have to jump in. Like I, I literally came out for, for two work trips. So I only saw downtown Los Angeles and, um, you know, like one conference room. <laughs> right. And I just was like, you know what? If I start thinking about it, I'm just going to get too scared. So just... I was like, just let me go. I'm just yeah. going to move. I was more than willing to give up my studio apartment for like a true one bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the thing. Like anyone coming from New York comes here and you're paying the same amount for a yard. Oh my gosh. Maybe even a pool. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it is. And are you liking L.A.? I really like it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think when you get to just jump into something so new, it, it feels exciting. You know, and everyone try and tell me about these, like, quote-unquote, terrible things about L.A. Like, you have to drive. And I'm like, yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> right. I've never driven. I'm like, I'm <laughs> driving and carrying groceries in my car. I'm not using my arms. This is amazing. I'm not using my legs anymore. This is amazing. Everything, I think that's so funny because everything is easier outside of New York. It really, it really is. is. Like, New York, I lived in New York. I'm from New York, too. And I okay. lived there for seven, seven and a half years. And it's, I mean, there's nothing like it, right? Yeah, there's so that's nothing like it. In, in the best ways. And then you realize, like, wow, here you can, like, get movie tickets and go to the movie you want to yeah. see and not have to, you know, buy them six days in advance and then oh, wait online and then not get a seat. Like, everything's just harder in New York. Here you can make a reservation at a restaurant and get into that restaurant. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like a month out. Yeah. Or even just, like, going and, and, like, the small things. Like, oh, my gosh, I can go to Costco and get a million paper <laughs> towels and have a closet to put them in. It is. It's, it's so exciting. It is. It's it's like you're being a grown-up. Yeah. That's crazy, right? That's yeah, great. So you are young, though. We're not, we don't need to say well, how I, I'll say, I'm, I'm, But I'm in my—I just turned 32 recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm actually old. I mean, that is—no, no, no. From where I <laughs> For sit— For L.A., I'm 100. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Pack it in. <laughs> or start some fillers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 32 is very young from where I sit, but— um, for some reason, I thought you were like really, really like crazy. People always assume I'm a lot younger, and I'm yeah. like, oh, good, like child, immature. Bride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not immature. I'm sixteen. Youthful. So, were you actually writing for the magazine before you started doing news and notes? No. So my sort of flip over. So I've always been a SiriusXM employee. Oh. I interned for them in 2006, between my junior and senior year of college. And that was really because they were the only place that hired me. I mean, I applied right. to everywhere. It was in right New out of college. City. And yeah, and, and my sister was already living in New York and she was like, just get an internship, sleep mm-hmm. on my couch, it'll be so fun. I applied everywhere. Um, Sirius was the only place that hired me. And I didn't even really know anything about the company. I didn't listen to Howard. I didn't have like What? Yeah, I know. And you know, Groming <laughs> in Indiana, he just like wasn't in our right. market. Not so I didn't radar. have like bad feelings about him. I just like didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know how big he was. I didn't know sort of even the platform that was Sirius XM. Right. And so when I got there and I just saw it was all young people working in this open air office and just listening to music all day <laughs> and everyone was collaborating, working. I just was like, This is incredible. I was like, oh my God. And so as soon as I graduated college, I moved to New York City like a week later 
And I started working for Sirius part-time. And I just like made my way through the company. And I started doing voiceover work for Sirius. And that's when my boss was like, you should do a shift. And so I started doing music shifts for the Indie Rock channel. I still do. It's Sirius XMU. It's like niche indie rock. It's channel what 35. Oh, um, it's super know. niche. It's not for everyone, although right. I say everyone should check it out. I will. It's like tucked in between the bridge and the coffee shop. Yes, yeah. It's right around there. It's <laughs> right. right around there. I know those numbers. Oh, yeah. It's like early 30s. Um, okay. And so I started doing that, and I really loved it. And I eventually became the night DJ, and I was on every night. And I was just like, this is so much more fun than the managerial stuff that I was sort of being pushed into. And so it got to the point where I just was really unhappy with, like, just doing regular programming and, and managerial stuff. And I was going to meetings. And I was like, this is so lame. But I knew I didn't want to leave serious. Like, I knew yeah. it was a great place. Yeah. I just knew that I needed to, like, transition to maybe a different department. And so right around that time, um, I found out that EW was launching their own branded channel. And I was like, I was a film major in school. I love pop culture. All I do is watch TV and movies and read, you know, and so I just thought, yeah. this is what I need to do. And so I applied through the company website, like through HR, just being like, I want to try. And so they let me demo and um, I demoed over like months and I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get this because I also just told my bosses that I want to leave basically. So I got it, luckily, but... What a great story. Yeah. Like, that, so then I just you realize that, like, that doesn't happen to everybody. I know, <laughs> yeah. And it was exciting, yeah. And so yeah. then I've been doing that now for about three years. Fantastic. Yeah, and I love it. It's so fun. Now, have you had to up your pop culture game, or did you already immerse yourself in everything well, all day? Well, I, I already did a lot of... It was more in music, though, whereas—and I always watched a lot of TV, and I was always up to date on movies, but... It's different when you have to transition it to making it your job and also just start watching things with, like, a critical eye. Like, you know, I have shows that I just watch for fun. Like, right now, I'm, I've never watched Parenthood, so I'm binging <sighs> Parenthood. I'm in <sighs> season one. But that's my show I just watch for fun. You know, whereas when we're watching Westworld, you know, we recap that on Mondays. I'll watch it twice because I'll watch it once through just to, like, watch it. And then I'll watch it again being like, okay, what am I, th- you know? You, you take notes? Take notes. Yeah. I mean, I— I do a Bachelor recap show, and I'll watch The Bachelor like three times. Oh, you love it. Every <laughs> I love it. second of it. And do I love you catch it. new things every time? Every time. Because the first time, I, we, I'll we have to say we get a link, so I get it early. Okay. And I'll watch it on, you know, like Friday night or Saturday morning, something like that. And I'll watch it taking notes. And then I'll watch it again without taking notes, just seeing, like, what did I miss while I was typing and stuff. Right. And then I watch it live. So I literally watch it three times. Wow. So but I feel wh- like I really bring something to the table with the amount of times I watch you it. You really do. I have so many questions about that. What is – I mean, I've heard you talk about The Bachelor before. Actually, I don't know if you listened. I had on Jason Carbone, who was – one of the original producers of The Bachelor. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love talking to the producers. Yeah. It's fascinating. And, of course, I asked him about Unreal, and he wasn't happy about oh, that. Oh, I know. Well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he did say, like, physically, actually, they did a great job sort of recreating yeah. the control room and everything, but um, he was kind of slogging on the creator, who he said was sort of low-level and didn't right. really know what she was talking about. Yeah. Um, but anyway. but That's fair. I mean, yeah. and it's— Do you I like, like Unreal? I, well, I really loved the first season, Same. and the second season, I hated it. Well, it started out where I thought it was going to, like, a really interesting place. And then when I realized that um, Quinn and Rachel weren't going to be, like, together through the season, I really turned my back on it. Yeah. Um, Did you I've, stick with it or no? I ended up watching it all the way through just because yeah. I was curious to see, like, what happened with it. And we sort of did, like, a season two recap where it was just me, like, unloading anger on it. What but, was it that made you so angry? I, well, I didn't like, like, how uh, they would bring certain things up where it, where it became really soapy. Which I understand, like, I love soapy shows, but it had just been so serious and well done the yeah, first season that it felt like 
they were really trying to attract some sort of audience that didn't make sense to me. And and when it got to the point where uh, like Quinn was da- like within one episode was dating <laughs> the head of the network and trying to have a baby, I was like, that's not Quinn, right? It's not Quinn and how Rachel Quinn was dating that guy and he he like turned his back on her and then Jeremy slaps her. I was like. Yeah. This is insane. And then there's, like, a murder at the end of the season. And yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And, like, how the main contestant, who is supposed to be, like, the bachelor, yeah. there's sort of, like, a, um, sort of like a ripped from the headlines where there's an altercation with a police officer and one of the guys gets shot and then, like, nothing happens from it. It's like, don't bring up something you're going to make a bold statement on and then just yeah. leave it hanging in the air. No, I agree with you. I thought they had the potential to really go there with the race story. And I, I did yeah. think they did some of it really well. They won a Peabody um, for the first season. Yeah. I'm sure the Peabody people are like, ooh. Right. <laughs> right. Only the first season, people. Um, but I think it could come back. Yeah, they have a, a new showrunner who yes. I think is actually excellent. And I think I think they know they have to right the wrongs. Right. And so I, if I made it all the way through that terrible second season, I think I can give it a chance You can in do season it. three. Absolutely. I'm actually binging um, Jane the Virgin, which I had never seen. Oh, it's seen. so good. So the bad guy from Unreal is the bad guy. guy I know. <laughs> he just pays Mr. Creep. It did, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll never know his name and you don't That's, need to tell it to me. I know. I'm like, I couldn't tell you <laughs> yeah. off the top of my head. That's one thing is a lot of things just like I absorb for it's like when info. I need to know and then it just yeah. disappears into the ether. I can't imagine all the information you have in your head. I have uh, <laughs> no memory when it comes to anything outside of TV. And movie. I mean, it's like really bad. Yeah. Um, well, how can you blame yourself? I mean, you have a the bachelor. So my friends are like, it's, the, it's like really concerning. I'm like, no, I I keep important things yeah. in my mind about pop culture, but right. I can't like remember. Like who gets the final rose? Yeah, I, like, mean, I can't hello. be concerned with your lives right now. I have too much, <laughs> too much other important information held in my mind. Was it your idea to recap The Bachelor? Well, so that was, I had not watched The Bachelor until I started working for EW Radio. And it's a huge thing for EW. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my original co-host, Faith, who literally didn't watch any TV, <laughs> right. only watched The Bachelor. And right. I thought, okay, if this woman who yeah, has— smart feminist. Who has, like, a right. Rhodes Scholar. She's a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> right. This woman is, like, a genius, went to Harvard, is phenomenal. If she's watching The Bachelor, then I cannot act like I'm too good for it. And so I was like, if that's the one TV show she's watching, fine, I'm going to jump in. And we started recapping then. I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I've been missing this my entire life. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So I jumped in hard, <laughs> and we started just doing—it started out as, like, a really small recap, and then it kept growing to the point then on the EW side, they were like, you should do a full recap show on your own. It should be its own branded thing. You're like, like, yes, okay, yes, done. yes. A full hour, done. My my famous bachelor story is um, I, I go in and out. I, don't, I watch yeah. probably, like, every third season because, I mean, just to be Sometimes honest— Sometimes they're terrible, Well, though. it's just—I struggle with it. Yeah. Like, it is a great show. It's one of the most— it's two hours long. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of the best produced shows. It's like so well done. You know, I actually compared this election to The Bachelor, like how they bait and switch you and you think one woman's yeah. going to win and then they go home without oh, a rose yeah. and the limo crying. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so that was kind of reminding me of the election. But they do such a good, like how a producer like myself could fall for it every time is sheer brilliance. But Yes. Um, but I also just struggle with, I mean, just being honest, the feminism of it all, like it starts to depress me. I know. To the point of like, wow, these women are not acting. They truly have nothing. I know. Except the wish to go with this total asshole. So I was watching it one time and my husband came in and he sees I'm watching it and he's like, this is, I cannot believe you are watching this show. This is literally the antithesis of everything you are as a woman, as a feminist, and everything you've tried to fight against. And I go, yeah, 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 I hear all that. Can you get the hell out of here? I know, it's like, but I know. <laughs> You're but interrupting. You're I know, interrupting. It's like, oh. I know, and you feel dirty, but it is amazing. It's just so well done. It is one of those reality <laughs> right. shows that I'm like, it truly is, um, it's a smart 
show in terms of the way they've shot it and the way they've set it up. And you're right. And even like the the way they do promos are <laughs> phenomenal. Their promos are incredible. The best ever yes. episode. They're always like, <laughs> you, you fall know, for it. Yeah, you start seeing like someone swing back to punch something and you're like, oh my God, who is he punching? They're like, he's not going to punch a woman. Why right. am I And then he's just stretching in the yeah, episode. Exactly. It's so good. <laughs> do you like Chris Harrison? I do. I actually think Chris Harrison is a good host. He also has the easiest job of all time. He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> So I love on Unreal how they make the host really douchey though. Yeah, oh yeah, on Unreal, and he's like sleeping with the contestants. So, I assume Chris Harrison is hooked up with multiple contestants. I don't oh, yeah. know, but have you um, ever met him? I have not met him. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did meet him once in the very early days of doing news and notes. I did meet him once. Okay. Yeah. Have you done a lot? You've done a lot of celebrity interviews, right? We do a lot of celebrity interviews. So That's give why us I was a like, good, I forgot. Yeah. I was like, oh. So what's a good? So what's your favorite story of a celebrity interview that you done? A celebrity interview that you told all your girlfriends at cocktails. Um, you know, usually it's like when I'm just like bragging to them, like <laughs> right. I. Um, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because all my friends like work in are like accountants and work <laughs> right. in like finance and stuff, and so any story I tell them, they're blown away. Um, but we recently <laughs> did Pop Fest for EW. They threw their own pop culture festival. And um, we'd spoken to the cast of Scream Queens at Comic-Con, and Jamie Lee Curtis was absolutely phenomenal. And afterwards, she came up to myself and Kyle, my co-host, and we were sitting down at a table. And I couldn't, like, move my body. You know how you would normally (laughs) – you would stand for Jamie Lee Curtis like she's, like, knighted or something. I, like, couldn't move my body because she came over being like, oh, that was so fun and – Where's your off? Like, oh, Jess told me because she's friends with the editorial director. Right. She was like, Jess told me like that you guys are in LA, and I like literally couldn't move my body. <laughs> and so then when we were at Pop Fest, she turned to me and she's like, "Why aren't you on TV? You should have your own TV show." And I literally was just like, "This is the coolest thing!" Like Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> is this really happening? So I like sent that clip to everyone I know. I was like, "Look at this! Look at Jamie Lee Curtis talking to me." That's huge. Yeah. So anytime that happens, I'll brag about that. But I'm, I'm bringing that back to reality. You know that Kyle Richards was in Halloween with Jamie. Yes. Lee, right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, the Richards sisters. You got the gift that keeps on giving. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious about her TV show. Did you read about how she's going to have her own show on I on TV? Yeah. Based on her life, like, right? On her life with Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. yeah, I bet it'd be amazing. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be amazing. Well, it depends on like what level of TV land it is, you know, because they have the one sets that are like you can see through the walls and like see the crew behind it because it's like so low budget, and then they have like Impastor, <laughs> which is like really well done and oh, I didn't like money yeah. budget into it. Um, we'll see what level. What's younger? What level is younger at? Younger is is on the same as like Impasser. That's okay. like they put right. money into that. They're right. like, this is gonna be something. Right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make sure there's like drywall up. That's so funny. I never yeah, I mean I guess you could see it in the final right? product, but I don't think I didn't think of it that Yeah, way. like hot in Cleveland, there was like one couch moved to every single room <laughs> for shooting. But you know what? That just goes to show you weren't the ratings actually really good yes. for that? Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. Oh, totally. So what are the reality shows that you love watching? Well, I was a huge fan growing up doing all of the sort of traditional ones, like Real World. I yeah. watched, like, all of the seasons up to a certain point where they started getting too just, like— Hot tubby. Hot tubby, <laughs> yeah. I loved the early seasons, and now on MCV Classic, they've been rerunning all the old seasons. And so I've been, like, DVRing. I DVR'd, like, all of San Francisco. You know, that was like season all of Los three, Angeles. right? That was like the third season. Is it weird to see it now where like there's no phones and there's no internet? Like it must feel, does it feel super dated? 
You know what? Weirdly, it doesn't because there's no pop culture references, really. I mean, there will be, <laughs> right. but there's no sort of thing that you're like, oh, look at that giant cell phone that they're using. Right. Because there were no cell phones allowed in the house. There was no TV in the house. Right. And just hearing them actually debate and talk about things and talk about <laughs> issues, I'm like, oh, I miss that. Right. Like people speaking to each other. Yeah. Now it's just like <laughs> trash, like people getting drunk. And they, they seem so much younger, even though they were all in their like mid-20s. It doesn't seem— Interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so crazy. Um, but I always loved uh, sort of like the MTV stuff, like True Life. I always watched all of True Life. I always Great thought that was. Show. I wish they would bring that back. Absolutely, that I mean, was a, one of my favorites. Totally agree. Yeah, those ones were good. Um, I always would watch all of the trash reality marriage ones, so like <laughs> Joe Millionaire right. or like um, like Joe Schmo or Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire. Anything right. that was like. Really trashy. Yeah. I watched Survivor in the very beginning and then fell off of it and got back recently in the last few years. Um, The Amazing Race, I think, is an incredible reality show. I think it's, like, phenomenal how they produce that show as well. Yeah. Um, What are some other ones? Um, Anything on Bravo. I watched just all of Bravo. So we got connected through Amy Phillips, who is the best. and she's she's, incredible. She's incredible. And she has actually a show on Radio Andy, she says, um, about the Housewives. Well, pretty much everything Bravo. Reality checks. All things Bravo. Right. The the Housewives are very similar to um, characters on The Bachelor or Bachelorette in the (laughs) sense that— um, either they give you their entire lives like a Nene Leaks, or they hold it close to the chest like a Teresa Judice. Mm. And so I do find it fascinating to watch like what type of person pops up. Right. And um, is it Judice or Judice? Oh, or Judice. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Anyone choose. Anyone choose. Um, because I thought like this season of New Jersey was gonna be phenomenal. I'm like, she just got out of prison. I Ugh. I could barely watch it. It was so boring. Painful. Boring. I, I was don't like care. I stopped like halfway through the season. I was like, I don't care anymore. I did too. And um the new housewives were terrible. They brought nothing. Yeah, they nothing. didn't even know what show they were on. I know. <laughs> it's like, like well, have you not done your research? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was terrible. And so What do you that's think like about OC this season? OC the season I've been watching. I, I also love um, housewives that are shapeshifters. So Ooh, like like um, like Camille Grammer, who oh, was a yeah. villain season one, and then became beloved. You know, um, uh, so I find um, Megan Edwards King or, or Megan and King Katie. Edwards. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that she was sort of like hated in a detective this season. Now she's like pregnant and sort of like a voice of reason. Oddly, don't get me started <laughs> on MKE and that. Annoying pregnancy of hers. Oh, my God. I mean, when she cried she, oh about the embryo that never was, Oh yeah, I, I wanted to like... go through the TV and strangle her. Well, and also, she just they just <laughs> did the reunion. She's like, finally actually looks pregnant. I'm like, how long have you been pregnant? Oh, yeah. Like, it's been a year. It's the 18-month pregnancy. Yes. Nothing about her is appealing. I actually did like her season one with the whole detective yeah, stuff. Yeah, I liked it, too. Like, at least she brought something interesting to the yes. table. I know. I love a shapeshifter. I love that she's a shapeshifter. like— And yeah. Camille— well, don't you think the shape-shifting is because they see themselves and then— Yes, and they're like, yeah, oh. Right. <laughs> they're like, I came off terribly. Yeah. Camille in season one was everything. It's always all—or the ones that were, like, the dark horse in the first season that didn't really do anything. And then they're like, well, I'm going to get kicked off if I don't start a fight. Like Rena, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because yeah. she kind of didn't do anything she in season one. didn't do anything, one. yeah. Now, does Kim, as a housewife, make you uncomfortable because she's so fucked up? Yeah. I mean, it's sad, <laughs> right. but she was my favorite housewife because— it was so clear that she was drunk. And remember that? Remember they went to that Dana Pam lady's house that only had a couch in it? $75,000 yeah, $75, sunglasses. And she was like, oh, I, I throw parties for a living. And she had like one tray of cookies and one couch. <laughs> and they were playing poker or something. Yes. And, and Kyle got up to scream at Brandy maybe. I can't remember who she was screaming at. 
and Kim was delayed by 30 seconds in every argument being like, yeah. I was like drinking out of McDonald's cup. I was like, this woman needs her own reality show. She's amazing. And when she had the dog and Yeah, oh god. He Kingsley needs to be Kingsley, put down. Yeah. <laughs> I am a dog lover. Kingsley is a danger and a menace to society. He is. He is. It was He's literally killing people. She's trying people. to make the bed and She's like, oh, Kingsley, oh my God, I know yeah. you've chopped off people's hands, but we, you're my baby. I, but it's like my baby. And when she came back from um, rehab and was dating that, like, rock monster, it was like, everything about her is, in, is insane. I think that she lives near me because I think I've seen really? her before. Oh and then, God, or dream. it's like, right, exactly. And she, she's, I just, you got to feel badly for her. I know, it's sad. I mean, it's she's sad. Hot mess. It's sad, but it's really great TV. Who's like your all-time housewife, all-time favorite? Best housewife. Um, I actually am a big fan of Bethany Frankel. I knew you were going to yeah, say that. I, I am. I am. I feel like I have to defend it sometimes. Um, <laughs> you do. Um, but I also feel bad sometimes because I felt like the thing with Kelly Ben Simone was like so like the um, jelly bean gate and, and that whole thing scary was Island. like, was, yeah, Scary Island. All of that was, was hysterical. And I think sometimes Bethany takes it too far you and think? is like too full of herself. But I think she is great TV. And I think she is smart and is like a great businesswoman. But Do you I think also she's blame a nice her. person, though. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'm I mixed her. I I want to know what she because I feel like what we see on TV is what we get in real life, which oh, is totally. sort of why I like her. It's not right. sort of like a facade. Yeah. Like I'm also similarly like I really love Lisa Vanderpump, but I also feel like we're not getting the true Lisa Vanderpump. It's not who we'd meet if we actually just hung out with her on like a Saturday afternoon at Pump. <laughs> Have you been to Pump? Oh, totally. Been yeah. to Pump. The been food's to Sir. good. Yeah, the food actually at Pump is not bad. Sir, I went to way before the Vanderpump and Beverly Hills, and the food was amazing, and the waiters were gorgeous. Yes, everyone's attractive. It's true. Yeah, they were all, like, Brazilian. Yes. Well, and I hadn't been in a <laughs> right. long time, and I recently— Within the last few months, went back to Sir. Now they have TVs up just running Vanderpump Rules no. on loop. Stop. And I thought, I don't know if I approve of That's that. That's kind of meta. Yeah. Right? It's a little it's a little far. <laughs> and I have been to Villa Blanca as well, which rarely gets seen on camera, but every once in a while. Yeah. Wait, is that where I went? No, no. I don't think I've been to Villa Blanca. It's right across the street from Kyle's store, Kyle, oh, by Aileen, Aileen too. too. <laughs> I went in there after eating at Villa Blanca and just, like, tried on all these fur coats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you leave with any? No. <laughs> the saleswomen were definitely like, please leave our store. That is so funny. So who, all right, going away from the house size, even though I could talk yeah, about them all forever, day, totally. every day. Who are some of, like, your favorite reality hosts or personalities that kind of stick out that, like, you'll make sure you tune in just because you want to see them? Oh, that's interesting. I, I think um, uh, Phil Kogan, who does The Amazing Race, I actually yeah. think he's a great host. Although he also has the joy, like a Chris Harrison, where he just has to roll in and stare there. He doesn't have to actually do anything. Yeah. So anyone that has that job, I'm like, how do I get it? Um, like Carson Daly with The Voice. I mean, he I, I complain about him all day, even though I also like secretly love him because he's, oh, he's he like, he's so like wet cement, but he has like this phenomenal career that was built on being like the opposite of Ryan Seacrest, like not... So up in your face and all over the place. Right, and just so, boring. Just like stand there. Just <laughs> right. stand there. And you'll see these families just like freaking out over excitement that their daughter's like Adam Levine has turned his chair around. And he's like, great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. You know, oh, no, like, sometimes so he gets excited and he points. Points. And he's, oh, yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> um, but I do follow his career because I just I, he's like on the Today Show. It's crazy. He does I don't The get Voice. It. He does radio. 
it's very I loved confusing. TRL growing up and stuff, you know, so it's like. Did you ever see the bizarre. Jimmy Fallon um, SNL skit yes. where he's like, I'm Carson Daly, I'm a total tool. I'm a total tool, yeah. <laughs> I'm so boring. <laughs> so boring. Who else were great, like, hosts? I feel like a lot of times the hosts are not memorable. That's the thing. Is are you an Andy like, Cohen fan? Oh, I do enjoy Andy Cohen. <laughs> I do think he what he's done for for Bravo and just the franchise in general. I think he's like obviously a smart business TV man. Yeah. Um, but I don't sort of like follow the cult of Andy Cohen. <laughs> right. You know how people are like truly obsessed with him. Yeah. I, I haven't. I've like sort of read some of his books and but but um, he's becoming his own machine. Really, he's, he is. You know, he's like a brand. Oprah. Yeah, he's definitely his own brand, and he's loving every second of it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not begrudging him that, but it is no. slightly annoying. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I, I think what he did, even like with Watch What Happens Live, is such a great idea, and I think he's you know made for that sort of TV. For sure. Totally agree. I wonder if he went to a bigger platform, if he'd sort of get lost in the scenery. Yeah, I think it's smart that it's, you know, especially when they, like, expanded it to every night during the week. I was like, wow, like, bold move. But it's yeah. really it's really worked out. And it's entertaining. Yeah, totally. And it's only half an hour. So right. it's like, it's you know. It's digestible. It's really easy to, yeah, to get through there. So when you, like, on your DVR, do you have a good split of, like, scripted versus unscripted? Like, what's your breakdown? Yeah, I do have, because um, I DVR almost, like, everything on Bravo. Because yeah. I love, like, Below Deck. Yeah. I love all that stuff. I still DVR like Survivor and The Amazing Race. And I'm trying to think of some of the other like main reality shows. Do you do Shark Tank? Um, I don't do Shark Tank. I'll check in with Shark Tank every once in a while and just check and see like what's going on with them. Um, <laughs> you have to. I mean, I this season they actually shook it up a little bit. And they're oh, showing really? more like verite moments. Like they'll show a lot more sort of after the person leaves the tank, the sharks interacting. And this week was epic. Oh. Chris Saka and Mark Cuban got into a fight. And, like, Chris Saka was pissed. And he's like, Mark, really? sometimes I wonder how you make all that money. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I got to get back into yeah. it then. Because oh that would God, be one I'm that obsessed. I'd always watch, like, in the summer, yeah. you know, when I just didn't have anything else. <laughs> right. I do watch Big Brother, yeah. which is a full-time job, basically. I've never seen set. it. Oh, my God. This was another <laughs> one where um, – this was from a couple years ago when we just didn't have a lot of, like, stuff going on summer-wise. We're right. like, we recap a show. And our listeners were like, you should watch Big Brother. You guys would love it. And I was like, no, that is garbage TV. <laughs> and then I watched it, and now I watch it every season. And now you're a garbage person. Yeah, I'm a garbage person. Right. It's so true. Good on you. I mean, people, it's yeah. successful for a reason. Oh, and I love Julie Chen. Yeah, she's I'm a huge great. Julie Chen fan, so watch it to support her. Right. Now nice. that she needs my support. <laughs> um, so does. I always watch Big Brother. What are some other reality shows that I watch? Well, what are the scripted ones you watch? We can talk about scripted Um too. I watch a lot of scripted TV as well. Well, all the new stuff that we're watching, um, we watch Westworld. We watch a lot of the HBO stuff. I'm jealous you're into Parenthood right now. That was one of the best yes, it's series so good. ever. Oh, my God. You have so much more to go, yeah, too. I know. And that's when I just watched for fun. So I only watched like a couple episodes right. a week. <laughs> right. But it's so good. I, I, I hear you. And do you do Netflix? Like, uh, are you a yeah. big Netflix watcher? Yeah, I watch everything. I just, I'm in the middle of The Crown right now, which I, I really like. Yeah, I saw the first two episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's slow, but it is. it's people keep beautiful. Being, yeah, people, people keep tweeting at me being like, it's so boring. I'm like, but I really like that. Right. It's sort of like right. just watching. You have to embrace the boredom. Yeah. because it's beautiful it's like a movie it's like watching yes. a movie every time yeah. and it's like refreshing just remembrance of history you're like oh right fog yeah I remember that <laughs> yeah um, so I also want to say from listening to your radio show that you're a true crime buff that yes. you watch a lot so um, what are some of the like doc series like did you watch Making a Murderer oh yeah I watched Jinx? Making a Murderer um, when it first came out because we'd got I gotten like a screening link for it from yeah. someone from EW so I'd watched like the first three episodes so when it came out that weekend, I binged all of them, like the rest of like in one day. And then I was on a destination Christmas with my family. And I was like, you guys have to watch it. So I ended up watching it twice wow. within like weeks of itself. Not on purpose. But right. I was happened. really drawn into I thought they did such a phenomenal job telling that story. And 
it's one of those things where a lot of times with true crime stories where you're like, I can't believe this was happening. How how did I not know this right. this took place? I mean, stories like that happen all the time. All That's the time. The, you know, it's yeah. a, a small town and we never heard of anything. Oh, gosh, there's so, so many. So now that you've probably read a lot about it after the fact and sort of how the filmmakers were like Team Avery, had yeah. that, did that change how you felt about it afterwards? It didn't. Only because the way that the, the case is set up, whether or not they were, and obviously they were totally... Team Avery, because when do you ever see defense attorneys coming off as like such magical Heroes, people? Right. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> right. work with with the fun. I mean, I think the fact that you got to see a lot of that footage, like Brendan Dassey sitting there with those cops, like on the couch, and and clearly not knowing and knowing that his IQ level is that of like a child, you yeah. know, and and having him sit with that room with a man that was working for you know the prosecutor. It's just like, oh my god, this is too heavy. And that was the other thing that I, I sort of talked about when we were doing the show. I was like, uh, I don't know for a fact that Stephen Avery wasn't involved, but based on the evidence, he should not have been in jail. Well, I don't want to go down the deep no, I know. We go home, you know, But I will say they left out a lot of evidence. That's the thing. I'm sure. Well, I'm that's I read about that. Yeah, I, I read about that <laughs> afterwards, too. But but based even on, on the documentary, and yeah. sure, they showed a lot of stuff like that. But uh, based on the evidence that they, that they presented, yeah. I was like, he— whether or not he, and maybe even you could tell me right now, like, you know him, he's your brother, he killed her. I'd right. be like, yeah, but based on the evidence, he shouldn't have been in prison. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, and also, like, a lot of shady behavior from the totally. cops. From the just, cops. And yeah. and there was there was that point where um, one of the defense attorneys said, they were like, it seems sort of like one of those cases where uh, they were so worried about making sure that he, that he was found guilty, they, like, put, they went too beyond. I mean, because there were some things that was like, insane and then other things where you're like this doesn't make any sense yeah it's kind of fascinating like pushing the guilt too far no you're right i do watch like a lot of documentaries so whenever like a documentary pops up on netflix i'll go to or like a recommended i love um, yeah what have you seen lately that you um i've been watching some of the older ones like um and i talked about this one but i hadn't seen it in a long time and i rewatched it's a true crime one it's like thin blue line which is similar yeah which is like a phenomenal one i hadn't watched it since like college so sometimes i'll go back and just rewatch stuff did you see audrey Um, and daisy no. Oh, it's it's brutal. Really? You should see it though. If you like documentaries. Yeah. And uh, another one, uh, Brave Miss World. Oh. These are like my triage of rape documentaries that I'm oh, watching. Oh, God. Now, and The yeah. Hunting Ground. That's yeah, The Hunting one. Ground I've watched. It's brutal, right? Yeah, terrible. Yeah. And because you also have to sort of like be in the level of ready to, yeah, you to watch, you know? You, yeah, you have to be by yourself and just in a really horrible and mood. And be like, and I'm ready to worse. just like cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to just go there. Do you sort of agree that TVs are the new movies or do you love movies as much as you always do? I mean, I was a film major in right? school <laughs> and so I have like a soft spot for movies and I love the experience of going to the movies. Like, I I still love going to a theater and eating yeah. popcorn and watching a movie and seeing the trailers. Um, and it's great, but, like, it's true that, like, we're this in this golden age of TV right now. You know, it's just, it's something special is happening with TV. And in terms of the reality of the of it all, do you see, like, what are the trends that you see in reality right now? We got into a place, especially with, like, TLC, where I used to watch so much more <laughs> stuff. And more of their docu-story stuff where it'd be, right. like— you know, um, a child that has um, some sort of, like, a dwarfism or right, something, you know, right. and they'd follow them for their entire life. Like, I'd yeah. watch all of those shows. I'd watch, like, extreme couponing and all that sort of stuff. Oh, my God, and then it became, And then it became all about, like, Honey Boo Boo, and it really sort of focused on um, reality TV on, like, a lower class or a lower class that has come into, like, extreme money. Right. So sort of being like, look at these Beverly Hillbillies. Right. Or uh, going, like, with with 
families that have thousands of children <laughs> or like so many wives and I really pulled away from it it started going in in like what would be their MTV route where right. it was like instead of amping up the sex they amped up like class systems weirdly that I never sort of got into I had a hard time sort of adjusting with it the way you adjusted with MTV because it right. was like a it was like a slow scale <laughs> right. of, of turning with real world where it just became about sex and I remember when they were launching Jersey Shore Remember, it was all about that promo of of Snooki getting punched. Remember, it was like that was like the huge thing. The way they launched the show, and you were just like, "I've got to see this." That's so crazy. I can't believe like a man punched this girl, and wow. and that was like the basis to launch that show. And so <laughs> it's so bizarre. Now we have like shows with like extreme wealth, like the Kardashians and everything. Where like there's no plot to those shows. It's you just hate like, the Kardashians. I actually don't really hate them, but I don't <laughs> allow myself to get involved with them mentally, if that makes sense. <laughs> you can't. Like, I just can't like, give I, them I realize space. they're there. Right. And, and some of them, I, like, I think, like, Chloe seems like a really interesting, like, she seems like the normal one out of the, the family, if you can pull one out of that group. But I think she's getting but abnormal. It's traumatizing. Yeah, I think all of it is very traumatizing. <laughs> it is. I, t- I love the way you describe that, because I try not to make them a part of my life Right? Either. I mean, it's like you just can't get away from it, because it's, yeah. it's, it's there. It's always going to be there, but. My daughter is nine, and she knows the name Kim Kardashian. Oh, she doesn't sure. know who, you know, but the fact that she knows her name yeah. feels like I've failed as a parent. I know. it's Well, it's, <laughs> you can't. I mean. It's so sad. It's just sad. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you think. We just had an election. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rough. Oh, my God. It was rough for me. I don't know about you. It was terrible. I was still uh, taking a red eye on election night from Los Angeles to New York. And I was so bummed because I was like, I want to be out in West Hollywood, like right. celebrating with everybody, <laughs> like screaming down the street. And then um, our show, because we're live from four to six on the West Coast, that means we had the TV on in the background because states were coming in. So it was like, you know, late right. up till 9 p.m. on the on the East Coast. And as it was happening, it was so depressing and seeing that it was going the other way. I just... She's being like, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. I still feel like that. I'm confused and depressed. I don't get it. And so I was at the airport. My flight was at like 10.30 p.m. And I've never been in an airport where it was just hushed silence. Wow. I've never. Wow. And I was just sitting at the airport bar, like drinking, watching the TV. (laughs) It's just like crying. I was like, I can't believe this. is. I just don't understand. Drinking and crying. My body was like in shock. Yeah, I know. I feel you. So I wonder, I mean, maybe I'm overreaching, but do you think that. Trump's, and I even hate saying his name. So I know. I'd like to call him fuckface. My iPhone yeah. actually has learned. Really, he's learned. Yeah. That's you amazing. can actually know now. It's his substitute. It that he, that his time on The Apprentice. Do you think that in any way sort of contributed to, I don't know, his visibility, his um, ability to understand how to entertain people? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that I think just the way, and and I know John Oliver sort of said this too, being like even talking about it you know, legitimized him more and the way Jimmy Fallon treated him, you know, that really, I like, I honestly don't think I can watch Jimmy Fallon's show anymore knowing, even when it happened and he was like rubbing his head and being like, oh, this is so great and stuff. It's like, oh, it just felt so gross. But I was saying this the other day on our show, there also should have been like these huge red flags that never, because I do feel like we live in somewhat of a bubble. I only spend time in New York and Los Angeles (laughs) where- you know, I don't I don't have a friend that voted, you know, voted right. the other way. I like I never saw those people. I didn't I don't see Trump signs anywhere. But there should have been a huge red flag when when people were boycotting an all women's ghostbusters. Like how did we not see that as a red flag that it's just like still a sexist country and that there's so many more people in the world that 
don't have the same views as us. And I I was in Indiana visiting my hometown like a week prior to the election or about a week and a yeah. half prior. And I grew up in a, in a liberal town in Indiana that votes Democratic. And I was, you know, in my hometown and I was seeing Trump signs everywhere. And I was like, what? My parents were like, you're in the bubble. You don't see what the rest of the country looks like. And it's and it's scary. Like You don't understand. He might win. And I was like, no. I was like, guys, no. Yeah, no, it I was traumatizing. I mean, a week before the election, I was completely zen. Like anytime people oh. like I'm worried, I'm like, I'm not worried at all. Are you kidding? Yeah. We have this. This is the guy who told he's going to grab a woman by a pussy. pussy. I he g- had 16 women come out, accuse him of doing that. I mean, how does this guy win? Oh, it's, it's alarming. Yeah. I feel like that's why we need TV more than ever now to escape. Yeah. Honestly, that's why I started binging Jane the Virgin. Because I needed something light and frothy and it's so to distract good. me from the fact that he just nominated a KKK sympathizer for attorney general. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, every time it happens, I'm like, this isn't real, right? right? This I is know. like, wait. Keep telling me it's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this isn't for real. I know. and I But it is. It is. And, I mean, I guess entertainment's always been an escape from reality in yeah, that way, for sure. right? For sure. I'm curious um, to see the upcoming Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, has he done any seasons yet? He has not. This is going to be his first season. Okay. And it launches in January. And I never even, even when it was Trump's show, I yeah. never, I remember watching the first season with Bill Rancic, who won. Yes. Um, but I never Bill really Rancic. kept up with it or anything. But I am curious just to see Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is weird. Another person I never yeah. thought would win office. <laughs> yeah. And now he seems like a dream. Like every, I know. everybody that I was outraged by in the past now seem like I'm nostalgic for them. Like W. I'm like, oh, I bring know. that it's nice like, guy yeah, back. He wasn't that bad. Take us to war for no reason again. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, very Scary. alarming. Yeah. It is. It really is. <laughs> So do you have any any closing any closing now that I've brought you down like, uh, to a deep depression uh, let me lift you back up Well I will say an amazing season of Bachelor is going to begin in January <laughs> how about wait. that that's going to help you because it it begins on uh, uh January 2nd I believe that Monday And who will be the bachelor It's uh Nick Vile who is <laughs> that's uh, a horrible I know, last har- name <laughs> harsh last name but what's Oof. incredible about him is that Nick was, um, from Andy's season, he was the runner-up. He lost to a guy. He okay. proposed, and she said no, and she went with Josh Murray. Okay. And then— Are the th- they still together, Andy no. and Josh? <laughs> oh, my God. Shocking. Shocking. Um, but then he showed up in another season with Bachelorette Caitlin, and he was the guy that they basically had sex after a date, like prior to any—this was like the first time this has ever happened. Right. I remember They were like on a date, that. and they, <laughs> they actually slept together, and he was, again— the runner-up. He lost again. Um, always a bridesmaid. Always Nick. a bridesmaid. But he is always sort of like a fan favorite. Okay. And so he was just most recently on the season of Bachelor in Paradise, where you get to see them sort of interacting in a different scenario. And Interacting, we'll put in quotes. In, in quotes. Um, <laughs> but he's sort of like a guy's girl, where all the girls were going to him for advice, and he sort of was like kind of like a big brother to some of the guys. He's actually like a great— sort of reality TV star. And so I feel like this is going to give it some good energy having him as The Bachelor being heartbroken three times now. Wow. Is he like a loser? No, he's so handsome. (laughs) But I think like even on Bachelor in Paradise, he was just sort of, I mean, you spent like four weeks together and then you proposed by the end. So I think he just sort of was like, well, I guess if I have to marry you, I'll do it. (laughs) But anyways, I think he's going to be a good Bachelor. It'll be a good season. 
Nice. Uh, well, I'm going to watch. Yeah, Based it's great. Your I'm telling you, if there's going to be one every three seasons, <laughs> yes. this is the one to watch. I, I'm all in for Nick Vile. Yeah, Nick Vile. I know. <laughs> tough last name. It is tough. Yeah. And if you had one recommendation for a documentary that must be watched. Ooh, a must-watch documentary that's brand new. New World. New well, World. I would say if you haven't watched um, the, um, the uh, O.J. Made in America documentary that aired this season, um, because I realized it was like an eight-part season or right. eight-part ten. series. Was, was it, it ten? ten? I, think I think it was, it was eight, but they were all an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, it was super long. It, it first premiered on ABC, but yeah. also ESPN, and you can watch it online. And they're actually uh, – it was released in theaters for one weekend because it's going to be up oh, for wow. an Academy Award. Potentially, it's up like on a short list to be nominated. Um, and it is so well done. I completely agree. I saw yeah. the whole thing. And I think what's interesting about it is that, you know, that just came off the heels of the scripted version. Yes. And you'd think there would be OJ fatigue. No, it was and like a warm up. It really, exactly. <laughs> I mean, just the level of depth. And I thought the scripted version was brilliant. Yeah. Um, agreed. But this was just a whole other thing. I mean, yeah. about race and class. Yeah. And, and Los Angeles and that and era. And it was so fascinating um, to see it. I mean, I was thinking about actually like rewatching it. Yeah, it's. I just don't know if there's enough hours in the day to rewatch. I know. But it was. I know it's really it's long. Well, yeah. Really well done. It's Record. a good one. That's I'm trying a to think really what other one. like big documentaries came out this year. Did you see the Jinx? Oh yeah, the Jinx is Wasn't incredible. It the Jinx is incredible. Yeah, actually, those documentary. Uh, the the filmmakers that worked on the Jinx had done another project. Um, crap, what was it? Hoop Dreams. Back in the day. Who changed? But they did something this year that was oh um, really yeah that was like a short. Um, oh. oh, they were involved with. They weren't the main directors, but they were producers on the uh, Amanda Knox documentary. What do you think of that? Um, you know what? This is what I I enjoyed watching it because it was sort of like a refresher of like the case mm-hmm. and everything. But I was like, it felt too close. Like it just happened. Like we just had like another sort of trial thing like a year ago. So when right. I was watching it. Um, I didn't feel like I learned anything new from it. I felt the same way. But, like, it was interesting, like, having it unfold timeline-wise, yeah. again, just as, like, a refresher, but... Right, but I, 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 I felt the like same a, way. I didn't feel like I got anything out of it other than that journalist should be, like, burned at the stake. He's such a gross yeah, human being. totally disgusting. But also, you know, uh, my colleague said, you know, Amanda does not help herself. Like, yeah. she's not the best advocate for herself. No. Because she didn't do it. No, she didn't do it. But you know what? But my co-host, so Kyle weird. and I got into an argument because he was like... <laughs> He's like, because, I don't know. I feel like she could have maybe done it. And I was like, are you insane? Well, that's why I want we want so badly to do it. Um, we did the CBS show, The Case Of, but we did John Bonet. Oh, yes. And I want to do it. We want to do it so badly for the second season for that exact reason, which yeah. is that, like, half the world thinks she did it still. I know. It's crazy. And if you know the case really well, she didn't and There's do no it, way. Right? Yeah. But people just, I think, because of her being her. It is funny, though, when they go to those tapes of, like, the Italian um, – People and they're like picking up the knife and just like, like barefoot and like you know what I mean just like getting their DNA everywhere, picking stuff up and Crazy. being like a knife. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different world over there. Yeah. yeah, they're like one day a knife was on the floor. The next time they went into the house, it was on the kitchen. I'm like, yes, someone moved it. You guys are touching everything. Yeah, crime scene contamination. Oh my god! Will they ever learn? Will they ever learn? No, not in Italy. <laughs> and nor here, apparently. No. No. Um, well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my God. Anytime. Anytime. Literally sitting around in my apartment watching TV. No, literally anytime. Literally anytime. <laughs> sitting around doing nothing. Thanks, Julia. Thank you. Thank you. 